0: I've always been creative. Um I've I like to doodle and stuff like that, but with photography, you're given the like the gift to Welcome back to the Late Late Podcast with Mason Avert. Um, sorry, we haven't been around. Um, it's just been, life gets hectic and we get busy and we weren't able to record. My co-host Avery, or Avert, she uh, she's getting over being sick, so she's not here today. So it's just me. So you get to listen to my beautiful voice for, you know, 45, 60 minutes, whatever it may be. Um... But so, you know, I like I said, things happen. We we get busy and things like that and we can't do stuff, but you know, I thought I'd go over just some story stuff, uh, on this episode and just some cool things. Just cool things, you know what I mean? So um yeah, I guess we're gonna we're gonna get right into it, I guess. I mean I don't know why I always say that, it's like, <laughs> I never cut to go into it. This is always after the intro. So yeah, I don't know. Well, first things first, I guess. Cool, good news, uh, awesome news. I'm excited for this. Um, I recently picked up a new camera. Uh, I picked up a Nikon uh, Z6, uh, or if you're, you know, Z depending on what how you say it. Anyway, it's a Nikon Z6 II. Uh, um, I picked that up. Th- it was, I don't know, like two weeks ago. Um, But they were on back order for so long and finally it it showed up. It's here. I have it in my hands. I used it around the house a little bit. Um, I'm recording this episode on Friday, so I'm using the camera tomorrow, Saturday. This episode will be released Sunday, so if my timeline's a little messed up, just kind of go with it, I guess, because it's a little confusing. Well, not really. I mean, if you have a brain, you can figure that out. Um but yeah no I picked that up. I'm pretty excited about it. Um I also picked up with it the um 50mm lens 1.8. So beautiful beautiful lens. Um also a battery grip. I'm spoiled. I uh after using the battery grip on my Fuji, um it's just something I need now. I can't live without. So battery grip for life, I guess. <laughs> Whatever camera I buy, I always make sure before I, I you know, before I look into buying it, uh, I always make sure it can handle a battery grip because, like I said, I've been spoiled and been using a battery grip since my Fuji and it changes my shooting style. Um, but no, I just wanted to kind of go over, you know, I really didn't introduce myself and I noticed uh, on the um, analytics that I have a lot of people... From all over the place, downloading the podcast. So, I thought I would, (coughs) I thought I would, uh, kind of go over, you know, just introduce myself a little more than than what I did. Um, so for you that don't know, um, I'm a photographer based out of New Brunswick. Um, I mainly shoot boudoir and lifestyle. Um, but I am starting to get back into automotive. Uh, When I first started, I started in automotive. I went to landscape kind of moved around, shot a little bit of, you know, portraiture back then, got out of portraiture, got back into automotive. So most of the time I've been shooting has been automotive and landscape. Um, Just a few years ago, actually, I started to uh, shoot boudoir, and how it all happened was um, one of my friends, or one of my cousin's friends, um, she posted on Facebook looking for a boudoir photographer, and I've never shot boudoir before at this point, so I said, you know, I can shoot it for you, but I'm not going to charge you just because, like, I I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's kind of like, I guess it's like portraiture, but it's just with lingerie, I guess, is the biggest thing. Um, So we shot, and the photos turned out, I mean, I thought they turned out awesome, and I like them, that they, you know... Um, I can see a massive difference from when I used to shoot to now, but um, no, we linked up, we shot them and I gave her, I I printed out one. I gave her it as a gift, you know, because like really it introduced her to modeling and then it also introduced me to shooting boudoir. So we, we, it was a help, you know, a win-win or whatever they call it. So um, that was nice. The fact that we you know, helped each other out there. She was the first model I ever shot with boudoir, and I shot with her quite a bit after that. Um, I think mainly because even after my first shoot, I wasn't really comfortable um, shooting boudoir yet. Like, it, it's, it's a weird... You... How do you explain this? Um, going into it was, was different for me. Coming from shooting cars and landscape and then portraits once in a while going into shooting boudoir was was a change for me um but after shooting with her um I think having a good model to work with helps too it kind of makes it easy for the photographer um getting good photos if you have a good model it's usually easier um the way I look at it now is I go into a shoot it doesn't matter if you have experience or not um i'm confident enough in my my skills now that i i don't want to stay on whatever with this but i'm confident enough in my skills now when i go into a shoot i'm confident that we're going to get you know good product or good photos um if you were to ask me you know three years ago when i started four years ago when i started boudoir um hey can you shoot you know like like people, regular people, I would have been like, you know, probably not because I wasn't comfortable enough with posing them. And now it's a little different, you know. Um, I've heard other photographers say that, you know, showing the model or the person you're shooting with uh, the poses helps a lot. And I've started doing that and it really does help. Um, So that's cool. Um, I guess I'm, I'm more comfortable doing it now, I guess. Um, and being comfortable with the camera, knowing your settings is important too. And I guess kind of going into it, that helped me because I knew my settings, I knew how to run a camera. Um, when I started shooting boudoir, which was nice, um, that's a plus side. Uh, Any like, if I have suggestions for other photographers or people that want to get into shooting photos, is get comfortable with your camera. Uh, if you can shoot a photo a day. A photo a day one photo every day for a year I guarantee your first photo if this is the first time you're picking up a camera and you don't know anything I'm saying that you shoot one photo a day for a year I guarantee your first your first photo is gonna be horrible to the point where you what you know it's not what you want and then I think halfway through the year, you're going to see like a massive change. And then even past then, you're going to see another big change, uh, you know, later on, um, with photography, learning, learning it is consistency, right? Being able to shoot, um, like once a day is going to help you. Um, or even if you only got the weekends, you go out on the weekend and you shoot a little bit and, you know, what you get is what you get, I guess, uh, you got to put the time in to to get comfortable where you're at. How do I say that? You got to put the time in to get good at something, and photography is no exception. Um, I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, you must have a nice camera. Your photos are really nice." I know that's a thing that goes around a lot, um, <coughs> and I can, you know. I can say that when I first started, I sh- I started on Canon. This was a long time ago. When I first started, I started with Canon. I shot Canon for a while. I went from Canon to Nikon. Um, I shot on Nikon. I loved it. I had a Nikon D3400 is what I had. And for you guys that know cameras, you know the D3400 is not an entry-level camera, but it's not a, you know it's in between like pro and (coughs) i guess it's like it's in between beginner and semi-pro it's like a, a hobbyist camera i guess so it's not the the best camera and and keep in mind i was using the nikon d3400 when it was would have been like four or five years old maybe six yeah maybe more honestly Um, but I shot on that camera for a long time. Uh, Nikon, it kind of helped me dial in my skills and stuff. Uh, Canon, I didn't really like that much. Uh, Canon's nice because the interfaces are user-friendly and stuff. Um, I just didn't like, the body felt cheap and everything. And, but Canons are wicked cameras if you're getting into photography also. Um, but after the D3400, I switched over to Lumix, uh, Panasonic. I shot on the G7, was my first mirrorless camera, and uh, I shot on that for, oh, man, maybe like three, four years about that. Uh, I shot on that for a while, and then finally I was, you know, I've always wanted Fujifilm because, like, Fujifilm is just my style that I shoot, Fujifilm would really work well with, I guess. Um but I never was able to afford them, so I just you know, I kind of forgot about it. And then I was surfing Facebook one day. This was a couple years back, be a year, two years, three years maybe. Um, and I saw this Fuji film and I was like, Ooh, that's cool. You know, uh there was two of them for sale. Uh, I paid seventeen hundred bucks for both cameras. Um they came with two lenses. Uh so I bought them. And um so I picked up the x t one and I shot on that for for a while and then uh that brings us to now. I switched over to the nikon z six II. um and so it's kind of like going full circle i guess you know where I shot on Nikon and I love Nikon before and but I've always wanted fuji and i'm always gonna i'm gonna keep my fuji because it's just it's a fun camera to use it's kinda it's light it's you know it's just it's small it's easy to fit in a bag and stuff and go um the z6 is actually really like i'm i'm impressed on how heavy it is compared to the the uh the xt1 the xt1 was like you know it's a super light camera fully dressed that's like battery grip batteries um 85 mil lens and the body itself and it's not heavy at all and then you have the nikon uh z6 fully dressed in it has battery grip, batteries, and a fifty mil lens, and the body, and it it's 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 pretty heavy. It has weight to it, and then also uh, another thing that I'm, I guess it's not like a downside to it, but it's just I wasn't expecting it. The bat the the grip on the side uh, where the shutter is, the shutter release, it's it's thick. Like it, you know, you could put your fingers in there. I guess I'm coming from shooting on. An XT1, where the XT1 is so thin and everything is it's sleek, right? And then the the Nikon's just a little thicker, um, but that doesn't, you know, make me not like it or anything. Um, it's just getting used to it again because the D thirty four hundred was like that too. Um, it's just like I said, I was I've been spoiled with this small, light Fujifilm XT1, and it just. It's been a good camera since I, you know, since I got it, so I can't complain. Um, the autofocus on the Fuji uh, is a little different; uh, it pulls focus a lot, which is kind of crappy. Um, I can't really say anything about the Nikon yet, uh, just because I haven't used it enough. Um, but like I said, I'm recording this on Friday; it'll be released on Sunday. Tomorrow, Saturday, I have a shoot saturday so i guess i'll really get to kind of see how it performs um in the field i guess right so that's what we're gonna do tomorrow we're gonna shoot and we'll see how they turn out and stuff um next week's podcast uh we're gonna have uh andrew kelly on he's a photographer videographer based out of um new Brunswick. also he travels though he does amazing work pretty excited to have him on um, bringing on guests and stuff is cool. I, I just, you know, it's, um, it just makes the podcast more, more enjoyable to bring people on and stuff. You got, you can, you know, talk about a lot more. I got a fuzzball on the mic. Just sec, there we go. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how I got into it and the cameras I used. Um, yeah. So, you know, with a lot of, the lot of the industry as regards to boudoir photographers um for male photographers it's usually kind of hard to get into the industry um for obvious reasons and there's other photographers out there that give the good photographers the good guy photographers bad names and it kind of sucks because it's just something that happens and there's nothing we can you know really do about it we can you know put a slow to it i guess we can't put a stop to it because it's it's always going to happen it's that type of thing um but some tips that i can give other male photographers uh that do boudoir um you know when you're shooting with females it's always nice to well one like i always have an assistant with me i find it you know it's it's nice to it's kind of like to cover you but it's also it's nice for the female photographer to have somebody that's on your side but is a female. So my assistant's a female. Having a female for assistant is a big part when you shoot boudoir photography. Um if the model's hair is is different or like, you know, falling wrong and um like I have a big no hands rule. So my assistant will fix their hair. My assistant will, you know, anything like that my assistant does. Um, it's just a respect thing, so it's the biggest part. Um, another thing is um when they f- when the model first shows up, just you know, uh, just have a chat with them, kind of figure out what they want, and you know, tell them what your ideas are, and just compare to you know what your expectations are and what their expectations are. That way, you're both on the same page. Being on the same page is a big part because it puts the the person you're shooting with the model at ease knowing that you know you're on the same page as them and then it also helps you knowing the model's on the same page as you so it goes both ways which is nice um and like the biggest one that i can think of like the biggest tip is uh it's a pretty basic one just don't be a creep simple as that i mean some people look at it, you know, like I go out, for instance, I uh, when I got back from Mexico, I posted on Facebook. And <clears throat> it's just funny the amount of um, comments you get towards like, it, you know, the fact that it's you're shooting females, uh, photos of females. Right. And uh, it's kind of funny because I had a comment on one of the photos um, and it was a female that commented it, which was it it seems weird to me that a female would comment it i guess it, you would think it would be a male that comment this comment but they said um what was it it's like it's something like how do you not get a boner or something like that i can't remember what i'm going to look it up right now um but they said this and i was like you know <laughs> i uh i don't look at it as what you know like Obviously you still have to you still have to know what sexy is but you can know what sexy is as an art form if that makes sense you just got to go at it a different way um treating it as art is a big thing uh if you don't treat it as art and you know then obviously it's going to be a little different for you but if you treat it as art it, it becomes easy I'm just scrolling. That's why I'm rambling. I'm scrolling on my phone. Uh, t- t- it was way back here. Oh yeah, it's way back. <clears throat> um, t- 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 where is it? And then I had also a lot of male photo or male people comment and say, you know, like, oh, you know, talking about, you know, they're nice photos, I guess, and they're, you know, complimenting the people, I guess, is what they you could put it as, I guess. Uh, I'm just scrolling. Where is it? Oh, I get him. I'm getting close. There is, uh, George Michaels. Yeah, so I can't find it. Um, but, yeah, so that was the comment that was posted. <coughs> and I just responded, you know, like, I. it's easy when you treat it as art, I guess, is the way to put it. Um, it, uh, like I said, just don't be a creep going back to the whole fact like if you're a male photographer and you're shooting boudoir, um, you can your biggest goal actually yeah here let's let's talk about this. your biggest goal in shooting boudoir with a female, obviously or, or even even men, I mean it goes both ways um, is making them comfortable. Uh, comfort is key because if the model's comfortable, the photos are good. If the model is not is awkward or not comfortable, if they're uncomfortable, you can see it in the photos. So, make them comfortable, and, you know, if they want to take a break, let them take a break, things like that. Um, yeah, so make them comfortable is another good one, I guess. Um, also, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm the only photographer that does this, but... A big thing that I do that helps me a lot is uh, I'm very visual. Like I, I, everything has to be. I have to be able to see it. I can talk about it and explain it, but I, I just need to be able to see it. So mood boards is a big part for me. Um, if I book a shoot with a model, so if I reach out and I'm looking to you know do creative work, um, I usually put a mood board together for both of us this way the model can look at it and kind of figure out what you know what my intentions for the photos are and they can kind of gauge if they're going to be comfortable shooting that stuff or if they have the right outfits for it or things like that and it just helps a lot being able to you know show the model uh, an idea of kind of what you want Um, so mood boards is a big key for me, like I said, I don't know if other photographers use mood boards or anything like that. Um, you know, visuals is a big part of photography, obviously that's what it is. Um, so I guess we kind of started this, you know, me introducing myself a little more and I just went into a bunch of, like I said, I ramble, I can't help it. It just happens. So, you know, I guess we got to deal with it. (laughs) Uh, you know, I guess going back to talking about me, um, like I said, I'm from New Brunswick. I'm a photographer. I've been doing it for about 11 years now. Um, 11, 11, 12 years. I don't know. It's been something like that. It's 10 plus, we'll say. It just works when I say 10 plus. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I've been doing photography for a while. Um, I'm First Nations. Uh, For some of you that that don't know, I'm native from... um, the tribe that I'm part of is, uh, Willistig- well, I can't even talk. I'm a Willistigui person. There we go. Which is Malseet for some of you that, you know, don't know the traditional or the Malseet word for it, I guess. Malseet isn't really our language. Just a name that was given to us to describe us. Yeah. So that's me. I'm also, also, I'm 28. A lot of people don't know my age. They kind of think I'm either younger or older. They don't think I'm usually in that bracket of like 27 to 29. Don't know why. I mean, I don't look younger. I could see them thinking I'm older, but I don't I don't look younger. Um, I definitely feel older, you know. Uh, back hurts all the time. Old age stuff, you know what I mean? Old age stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me, I guess. Uh... And if you guys have questions, too, what you can do, um, my social medias are so simple. It's just Mason real life. All my socials are the same thing across the board. So Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, um, YouTube is that, too. Um, and with this new camera, I'll be, you know, making cool stuff and cool content putting it out there. Also, I have a Patreon, too if you guys want to support me in any way um patreon is a good way to support artists because you can go and you can subscribe or whatever pay to be their patron i guess and you know that money there they can use towards whatever they want and for me this is just a cool story so um in december i went to uh tulum mexico I sh- I went to a workshop with uh JC and Jonah Vangabon, uh two amazing photographers, deadly photographers. Uh they run a thing called Vangabon Vacations. It's a workshop based um trips where you get to work with stunning models, you know, it's just it's fun. It's crazy. Uh so I went to that. I was supposed to go into to Kiev in July, but I broke my ankle or in August. August or July? I broke August because I broke my ankle in July. Yeah. So I broke my ankle in July. Wasn't able to. Recovered in time to go to Tulum. Um, so, so happy I waited uh, because Tulum was m- amazing. Uh, the location there is just beautiful. The villa we were at was amazing. Um, but yeah, so the reason I said you could subscribe to my Patreon and then, you know, help me that way is uh, in August of this year. I am going to be traveling to Iceland so to shoot with JC and Jonah again with the workshop that they put on. Um, now, this helps in a few different ways. Um, I don't ever think, as a photographer, you'll be at a peak. You're always going to learn. So the way I look at it is, you know, you can have 50 photographers in a room. 20 of them photographers could know the same thing. And the other 30, you know, might know different stuff, but not know that thing that the other 20 know. So it's like a communal pot of knowledge when you're as in the photography industry. Anyway, what it should be, um, you know, other photographers help other photographers. And it's just communal pot of knowledge, right? You put something in, you take something out. When I went to Tulum, I learned so much, but I also taught a little bit too. You know, like when you know it's not just photography either it's just life in general i guess um but photography is what we're talking about here so for instance um i i love lens flares but or like sun sun flares but i never really you know i knew how to do them but i didn't know how to look for them beforehand um another amazing photographer juan um uh he you know, really kind of took me under his wing, and he helped me out, you know, he told me, look, you know, this is, you know, what you do, and stuff like this, and every time he would go to do photos, he, you know, he'd tell me, come on, Ace, you know, well, you'll, you'll come with me, and I'll teach you, and stuff, or I'll help you, and <clears throat> to me, that was amazing, um, so it helped a lot, these, these workshops, um, obviously, they're just a fun time, because you're, you know, you're traveling, and you're getting to shoot with amazing models, and beautiful locations and things like this but you do learn quite a bit and it's you know it's it's a good time you know you are where around like-minded people uh all creatives so it's cool and you get to make awesome content which is as a photographer is you know up there in the things that we want to do we just want to be able to create you know content i guess um for me anyway, a big part of it is I've always been creative. Um, I've, I like to doodle and stuff like that, but with photography, you're given the, like the gift to, um, tell a story with a, with a print, like a photo. Um, for example, uh, some of the photos I just recently did, uh, if you were to look at them, you'd say, oh, that's just a person in regalia nothing fancy about it but to me and to the person in the print or into the photo it it means a lot because to me i can remember remember what i did that day you know what i ate it's it's a ticket to to a memory of going and taking this photo and this photo that i took um was super important to me um for the reason with uh, First Nations culture, uh, we have this thing, you know, people will wear for dance and traditions and, and things like this. It's called a regalia. And with our culture, regalias are sacred. So you don't ever touch them. If you're, you know, it, you, if you went up to them and say, hey, can I touch your regalia? That's really nice. A lot of them will say no because they're sacred. You know, they're an important thing to our culture. Um, a lot of people work for their, for the regalias. You, you can't just, I mean, obviously you can just make one if you're First Nations and stuff, but a lot of it is, uh, earned, right? Like, you know, some people will get feathers and stuff handed down to them and things like that. Um, but why the photo I'm talking about is mean so much to me is the, the person that I was doing the photos of, um, asked me to hold her, um, the the hair extension things that go on her hair, a part of her regalia, her regalia. So having the opportunity to hold them and her trusting me and seeing that, you know, I have good intentions with these photos was a big thing to me. It made me feel, you know, um, made me feel happy. The fact that, you know, she saw that and she trusted me enough. it It kind of comes back to her hair, so, like, with First Nations people, um, usually if our hair hair's braided, uh, it's not just anybody that braids it. Because the same thing as our regalia, our hair is sacred, too, right? Our hair grounds us and connects us to the earth. So, um, not anybody is allowed to touch your hair in our culture. I think that's a lot of culture, and just in general. But for First Nations, it's a, it's a sacred thing, right? So our hair is pretty sacred, or really sacred and uh, not anybody is allowed to touch it not just anybody so getting able or being able to hold her regalia while she tied the hair things like that to me um makes that that photo mean so much more um which is really cool you know it's the little things like this that mean so much and things like that and i think coming off of covid too with a lot of them A lot of the dancers and stuff that I took photos of, uh, they were just, you know, excited to put the regalia on because, you know, everything's opening up uh, this year and we have powwows happening and things like that. And I think that meant a lot to them to be able to put the regalia on, things like that. Uh, Also, the same reserve that I shot that photo of, the one that let me hold her hair tie thing for her regalia was the same reserve that I shot another photo on. Um, And this photo, uh, I was editing the photo, and I was like, man, that looks like a piece of dirt on my screen because um, my screen gets dusty really fast. So I went to go wipe it off, and it didn't come off, and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to zoom in. Maybe it's, you know, something there. And I captured an eagle. So to me, capturing an eagle in in a photo where you didn't mean to capture the eagle and plus with a fancy shot dancer uh to me right away that you know that meant a lot and after i sent it to her and we talked about it she told me a story um about why that meant so much to her and hearing the story made it mean so much more to me so you know that one there too means a lot they all mean a lot just the fact that I got to, you know, showcase my culture through photos, through the medium that I use as an artist, right? So um, it's just, I don't know, seeing them printed and seeing them large makes me makes me happy. Um, photos can do that. And I, I try to use that, that same mindset with boudoir. Uh, you go into a shoot and the whole reason, you know, I guess there's a couple of reasons. One of the reasons we shoot is obviously to create cool things for people to look at and people to enjoy. But the other reason we shoot boudoir um, is for confidence. And, you know, just sometimes people just feel down on themselves and they shouldn't. Um, And you get someone, hey, you know, messaging you and they're like, I want to shoot with you, but I've never done boudoir before. And I don't think I'm, you know, ready for it. I don't think my body type's good enough. And it's like, no, it it don't go like that. It's like, there's no body type for boudoir. Boudoir should not have a, like, the definition for boudoir should say everyone. Not like, you know, whatever they describe it as. It legit should be everyone. I don't care what type of body type you have. If you're confident, you're confident. If you're not, you need to do boudoir. That's just, just, that's just facts. What happens, um, what I've noticed, um, what's, what makes this type of job in industry so rewarding is I've had people after I shot with and after they got their set back, and, you know, they'd sit there and look at them. And I mean, obviously I'm guessing they're sitting there looking at them. I can't see them, but uh, I would get a message back and they'd be like, you know what? Thank you. I really needed this. You know, you helped me see beauty that I didn't know I had it's it's not that it's just you decide not to look at the beauty you have you know what I mean people decide to look at the negative of themselves not the positives and it kind of goes back to that whole saying you know like you could have a hundred people tell you positive things about something about you or about anything but you can have one person tell you something negative about yourself or negative something about something, you know, whatever. Right. That one negative is going to stick to you more than them hundred positives will. And Really, it's it's really bad. Like it it sucks that it's like that. But people people got to stop like beating on themselves so much like that um, because there's so many more positives about people than there is negatives. And that's the same thing with boudoir, you know, like there's so many things or there's so many reasons why you're beautiful. There's none why you aren't, you know, you might think there is, but there isn't, you know, an imperfection that you think you might have might be a beauty to somebody else. So next time you're thinking you're, you're down on yourself and things like that, I just want you to think about that. Think about that real quick. You know, the imperfection you think you have is, is, you know, the beauty about you. Someone thinks that's the beauty about you or that's the beauty about somebody else. Or like, actually, let's step back. Never, ever compare yourself. That's a a big thing. Comparing yourself is is the worst thing you can do, you know, because you don't know what the other person went through. You don't know what, you know how far they are in their journey you don't know what they did to get there so whenever you're down on yourself just think what i said the first time just think you know that negative that that flaw that you think you have someone thinks that's a beauty about you it's just it's just facts that's how life is you're always going to try to find that negative about yourself And you just got to stop finding that negative by yourself and start looking at all the positives because there's no negatives. You're making them. That's what it is. And you got to stop doing that. That's a big no, no. Big no, no. So, you know, um, I guess we went over, you know, who I am and stuff like that. And we're going to have AK on the podcast next week. I'm pretty excited about that. Even if these episodes are, you know, if Avery is, she's she's sick. She's getting over being sick. So once she's better, she'll be back on. Um. Also in the upcoming weeks, we're gonna have, uh, Sarah Andrews. Uh, she's a boudoir photographer, uh, and a model, and she also went to one of the Vangabon vacations. She went to Costa Rica. So fancy. <laughs> so we're gonna have her on to talk about, you know, what she does and. All that stuff, and we're gonna talk to Andrew about his same, you know, same stuff. We just want to have a chat with them, figure, you know, pick their brain a little bit, and give you guys some ideas on some of the stuff they do, um, things like that. So, with that being said, I guess uh, this is gonna be a shorter episode, uh, just because, you know, it's I'm by myself, and I have to go to work soon, so. It's funny, we call this a late, late podcast, but yet, um, we don't, you know, we usually record it late, late at night, but this, this one's recorded, Um it's it's a it's 12, 1230 right now in the afternoon, and that's when, you know, the time we're recording this, so, it's usually late, 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 late podcast, but not today, today it's medium, or noontime podcast, <laughs> um, So the fun random fact of this episode is at the end because just the way we're doing it, I guess. Um, Did you know more human twins are being born than ever before? Now, I wonder why that is. Like, I can't think of a reason. You know, are we eating different foods? What's going on there? Uh, Maybe it's the fact that twins are you know the twins dna is different or something i don't know that that's gonna bind balgamy i'm gonna bring that up in our next episode but um as for now i just want to th- say say thank you for stopping by and listening to the podcast guys really appreciate it and remember to go follow me on all social platforms mason in real life m-a-s-e underscore i-n underscore r-e-a-l underscore l-i-f-e on all platforms that's tiktok instagram youtube twitter and then also youtube uh, i'm having a brain fart Mm -hmm. yeah so patreon is mason paul you can find the links on my instagram for that all my links for even the merchandise that we have uh mirrorless by mace go check it out but thank you guys i appreciate you so much have an awesome day bye